Hi everyone, this is Dr. Megan Miller, and I am sharing with you today another clip from my Stereo Chats with Michael Brandy. In this clip, we talk about cancel culture and some research that was done, and I actually have my mind blown by finding out that one of the researchers um, connected to the bell curve is actually Hernstein, who I've always really respected for the matching law. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and continue to check out our studio chat clips. It's cancel culture. Okay, so here's, here's my twist, right? So first of all, the idea of cancel culture, I, I don't understand it, okay? So if you're, if, you're, if you're somebody who's a Nazi, for example, right, and you want to have a platform to talk about being a Nazi, it seems like to me that you should definitely have that platform. And here's why. Because then it informs everybody that you are a Nazi. So that then, so that we can then consciously react to that properly. I have, I have, I am much more scared of the Nazi, for example, who is underground without saying anything, right? And how they are behaving underground, trying to do things, versus the Nazi, for example, who is out there in the open, you know, with, you know, waving their Nazi flag. Like, I, I would much rather live in a world where the Nazi is waving the Nazi flag in my face, because then I can go, that's a Nazi, and I don't want to be anything, I don't want to have any, any part of that versus the one who's underground trying to actually fuck things up. So, yeah. So from a behavior standpoint, I'll ask you this as a doctor, right? What is it, right? Why, why are we so, and when I say we, I'm talking about the left now, because because now, now we're going to talk about cancer culture and the problems with the left. Why is it? that the left, who I think both of us are, you know, pretty much ingrained in for the most part, you know, at this point, at least. Um, why is it that, that we are so not just scared of it, but that we think that the best approach from a behavior standpoint is to simply cancel them and cancel their behavior rather than kind of, kind of embracing it, not embracing it, but, you know, not giving it a hug, but embracing it in a way that says, please speak more. Like, please be obvious about this thing that is your behavior so that we can either deal with it and change it or at the very least understand that it's a problem and then we're all aware of it. Like, wh what is it about this canceling that, that makes people feel as if that gives them power? I, I almost feel like it does the opposite. It actually takes power away because we are, we are then less able to deal with any of these things. <laughs> so, for like a behavioral explanation, I think one of the things is, I'm not, this is not me agreeing with cancel culture, but I think one of the big things for a long time, and especially again for like our generation and the generation below us, we were taught you don't talk about things, you don't call things out, you don't, um, you just don't do that. Like people just let people be. And 
so part of that would be like if you're looking at you know sexual harassment um if you're looking at how people treat marginalized groups how saying racist things like all of that kind of stuff it was sort of just either accepted in terms of like we all thought it was funny without realizing how harmful like if a certain joke was made or something that really was like racist um and we just didn't grow up with this history of calling any of that stuff out but it's like the pendulum swung in a complete other direction of um people like the generation below us i guess me were trained starting to learn like no that those things no you need to call those out but they they took they've taken it too far in that like instead of just pointing it out and um taking it like you were saying as more of like a learning opportunity it's what we would say from a behavior analytic perspective it's like reinforcing for them to find these things and call them out and like then be super woke or whatever like ha i'm <laughs> crusader who figured out that you're a racist and look at me and it becomes more about themselves and like how much crap they can call out so then it really becomes about true learning and understanding and helping people shift to be better humans yeah Thank you. Although I will say thank you. Although I will say that, and, and by the way, this is just my opinion. It just seems to me that if I'm somebody who's offended by something, like if I'm somebody who, for example, if I'm somebody who has experienced uh, some, some horrible trauma, okay, here's what I wouldn't want. Like what I wouldn't want is for the perpetrator of that trauma upon me to be silenced. Like I wouldn't want that because the more silence that perpetrator has, that's how that perpetrator operated anyway. Like we're giving power to people when they're silenced because then they can, they're not gonna change, but they're, they're gonna be the same perpetrator. They're just gonna do it in silence. I would rather the perpetrator to be out in the open. Like if, if somebody says something that's offensive that you don't like, shouldn't shouldn't the response be say it more say it loudly so that it's not just that i don't like it but then other people won't like it too you know what i mean like this idea that like to silence somebody is to give yourself power i, I disagree i think give them the platform give them the voice because then what you're going to find out is that there's a lot of other people who feel the same way and guess what you're able to then identify them too Right? So the power is in identifying those people. It's not in silencing their ideas. So does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes I, I definitely agree with what you're saying about it helps you identify where people really stand on things and then you can kind of see their true beliefs and all of that. Um, I don't know the people I know that engage in cancel culture, I think, again, are doing it. It's more about, it is about silencing. Like you said, it's about consequences. They want that person to face consequences for what they've done. And so like calling for canceling them is what they think is the appropriate consequence. But the problem is it doesn't change anyone's behavior. So even That's what I'm talking like, about. Exactly. So I'll give you a, a perfect example. We had at one of our conferences a few years ago, a prominent researcher 
and presenter in our field said a racial, racial slur and um, was very derogatory towards women as an invited presenter in front of thousands of people. And he got pulled off the stage because of what he said. So everybody was calling for like to cancel him, to take him off, like get, get him out of here. Like, why does he have an award named after him? All of this stuff. And right. then he went silent for like two years. He stopped posting on Facebook and he's like almost 80. Like he's an old dude. He, he was, you know, gone. And then once he, it all kind of wore off and he felt comfortable again, he's right back at saying and doing the thing. His behavior right. did not change at all. Right. Right. So that's, I mean, that's, and that's my point. I mean, there was a, there was a talk, um, I'm trying to remember his name, uh, with Joe Rogan, with, not with Joe Rogan, with, um, with Sam Harris. Um, he was a guy, I'm going to remember his name here in a second, but he was, he was a researcher that was simply researching the differences with race with regard to, um, you know, um, uh, in, intelligence, but not intelligence like he was, what's his name? I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but like he got he got a lot of flack because because in his research, right, he was basically saying, look, this, the statistics show that, for example, Asians seem to have a higher propensity for a certain amount of knowledge, for a certain a certain level of knowledge, whatever that may be. And he went through all the different races, and he got a lot of flack because he was saying, oh, well. You know, it seems like you're being um, anti, uh, you're being racist because you're saying that you know black people or or people of you know, of, of you know brown descent, if you will, seem to be on that particular statistical um, study seem to be a little lower with regard to their output. Let's call it right, like their output, right? Now, from a statistical standpoint. He was just citing numbers, right? Like he wasn't being racist. He was just saying this, these are the numbers. There's a, there's a lot of reasons for these numbers, right? I mean, clearly brown people have been subjugated to all kinds of things that might lead them to this kind of statistical reality, right? I mean, that's not to say that we shouldn't deal with those things. It's not to say that, you know, but there may be a difference statistically today between a, an Asian person, a white person, a black person, a brown, whatever, right? If, if you're going to analyze that scientifically and then do a report on it, you know, it's this, it, he, he was being judged on this, you know, and, and what, 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 what Sam Harris was talking about was like, look, like, let's not, let's not kill the messenger, right? Like he's not, this guy's not, a, he's, he's not being racist. He's just saying that like, that like from a behavioral standpoint, right? The way that these, that, that, that these races have behaved statistically is a thing. And so then we can, we can, we can deal with that. We can, we, we can be better for it. Right. And so I think it's the same thing as parents. Like, you know, we, we have all, you know, we, we think like you were talking about before, like you're, you know, there are a lot of kids who have, you know, children that have autism or that has, you know, developmental issues. Right. If we were to, if we were to grade all children, quote unquote, on a particular scale, right. Then to say that somebody who is, you know, has, you know, Down syndrome, for example, they, they would, they would simply statistically fall on us on the lower end of that scale. That's not to say that we're being, you know, that we are against, right? 
Down syndrome is just to say, oh, Charles, Charles Murray, I think it's his name, by the way. Right? Yeah, I, was, I had looked it up. I was going to tell you that. <laughs> okay. Right. So I don't know if you know a lot, but, but from, from a behavioral standpoint, right, from your studies, do you ever get in the weeds about this? Like, do you ever have, do you, especially, especially somebody who is, who is, who has dealt with, you know, all, you know, who has studied all, you know, I said dealt with already this problem. I meant, you know, <laughs> do you, you know, I, I already caught myself, you know, that's not what I meant. What I meant is like, you know, somebody who's experienced autism and, and understood, you know, the, the, um, the, the challenges, you know, that are, that are, that are with educating and, and trying to advance and all these things. When, when, when you when you approach these things in your study, have you ever received any negative feedback or any pushback on any of the things that scientifically you just know are true? Okay, so that well, I feel like this could be a whole like really long, lots of hours conversation. Um, <laughs> so I looked it up when you were talking about it because I, I wasn't sure. So it says Charles Marie. Um, yeah. And he wrote The Bell Curve in 1994 yes. with uh, Richard Pesky. So, so for me, this it's not even necessarily completely tied in with behavior analysis, but I'll, I'll circle it back around. I think these are the types of things that when we talk about science and research, we have to really look at, is this <laughs> appropriate research? Was it done properly? Because a lot of the statistical analyses, I haven't dove in on his stuff recently. I do remember learning about this a while ago, but I don't, I wouldn't say I could speak to it in a way that would be productive right now. So I'm making more of like a general statement. But when it's like that yeah. come yeah. out, we should, instead of um, saying like, well, it's just, they're just reporting the data, they're just doing the statistical analyses, we should ask why, um, like what structures and systems are in place that that's the data that they collected, that that's what patterns they found. Because what it's more ultimately pointing to is that the questions we're asking and the way we're collecting the data is probably racist. Um, and wow. so like, there probably okay. isn't, okay. there probably aren't the differences that he actually found It's pro or any of the similar research that's been done. It's probably more that um, the systems need, look, the systems and the structures need to change. Um, and of course, you know, there's tons of, I haven't finished reading it yet, but um, the different books from um, Ibram Kendi on yeah. um, how to be an anti-racist. And um, there's so many authors that have been talking about this for so long. And as like a white woman, I had no idea. I mean, I learned a lot about racial injustices when I went to Ohio State and had to take courses for special education. We learned a lot about the um, the various gaps that exist for uh, underprivileged populations and underserved populations, but I didn't continue learning about that um, like I should have. So anyway, so for me, that brings up like a whole separate discussion of like, how are we conducting our research and are we doing it in racist ways? And in behavior analysis, we actually have a couple of people who are studying this and one person her name's Malika Pritchett she just published a study called um, well I'm not going to say the whole long title but basically it's on colonial research practices and the whole idea that like research in general is weird it's white it's European <laughs> um, 
I can't remember, like it's an acronym, it's like white European industrialized revolution or something like that. So, but basically it's focused around a certain perspective and it, it serves to uh, uphold those biases as opposed to really diving into the perspective of, so even for the example you gave for like Down syndrome or if you were looking at autism, sure you might, there might be things that would come up in a research study if I did those, but it, I actually took the perspective of the person, like the autistic person or the, the person with Down syndrome and um, measured things based more around how they interact with the world and like what their perceptions are, the, there may be no differences in performance. So here's the thing. So first of all, I, I will give a little pushback. Look, first of all, definitely, just like statistics can be can be you know manipulated, so can any research. I get that. But I will say that when you're doing a scientific research, and if, if you're if you're actually like for example, I don't I don't think Charles Murray, okay, in any way, is a racist person. I think that the way that his results came out could be could be looked upon as if they were racist, right? In other words, like you can take that view and that's fine. But that's exactly what research does. In other words, like in order for us to have any kind of pointed research after the fact, we first have to have the initial research that gives us the impetus to do so. So in the Charles, in the Charles Murray example, right? So yes, you can you can look at that research and you can say, oh, okay, he was he was racist because what he's saying is is that African Americans are less competent than Asian Americans, for example, right? You can make that juxtaposition, and you may actually find in his research that there is that juxtaposition, but that doesn't mean that as a scientist you should then conclude that what he's doing is saying, right, that therefore you know. African Americans are just incompetent. Like that's not the conclusion to make, right? Any more than you can make the any more than you can make the conclusion, as you said, that autism, you know, is somehow less competent than non-autistic, right? But what you do, what you do when you make that when you make that sort of research, when you when you say that there is a difference, right? What you simply are saying is that there's a difference, and so now we have to then dig deeper, right? In other words, you can't you can't kill the messenger for producing the numbers. Again, all things being equal, if if the if the producer of the numbers is being manipulated or is manipulating, well then that's one thing. But I'm, I'm talking very sort of utopian here. I'm saying, okay, a researcher does research and says, here are the classes of people. Here are you know people who are autistic, you know, who have Down syndrome, who whatever. And there are differences here. And, the, and, and so now that we know these differences, now let's have a different discussion. We should be more, we should be, we should be capable of understanding that and not attacking them for it. We should be saying, well, okay, those are the differences. And now let's talk about them rather than, oh, you said that there's differences? You're XYZ. And that leads to cancel culture, right? Like that's the idea. Like it's like, oh, if somebody speaks on your campus and and, and and he's talking about rape culture, right? And let's say that that person 
obviously has never been raped. He's a white, let's say he's a white cis male, right? Let, let's call it the, the, what today is the most evil thing in the world. To be a white cis male person today is like the most evil thing you could ever think of, right? Like that's where we're at right now, right? Okay, but this person is just saying, is saying, look, like, like here's rape culture. And here's, and by the way, what I'm saying, I'm making this up. Okay, so don't, 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 I don't want any caller to be, oh, you're, you're against rape culture. I'm just saying, like, let's say this person is, 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 is making a claim that, you know, maybe we should think about this different, right? Or, or the Black Lives Matter movement, or the women's movement, or any movement, right? Which is kind of one of the topics we were going to talk about, like, what makes like at some point somebody's got to go okay here's my claim and what we don't need to do is cancel that person because they've made that claim as a matter of fact we should be happy that they did because then we can talk about it right like it's okay for somebody to be completely wrong and terrible and hate and, and hated for it that's fine but that they should stop or that we should then say to them well, the reason why you did it is X, Y, Z. No, let's just take what they're saying and then let's act accordingly. You know what I mean? Like, it's this idea that like, that we should stop people, even if it's, even if it's completely false and, and manipulative, right? Like we should like, please wave your flag is my point. Like, please wave your flag because then we can talk about it. You know, we weren't talking about it as much until we had that emotional impetus to do so. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got like super distracted because I li- I listened to what you were saying. But um when I read the authors of the Bell Curve was Charles Murray and um and Richard Hernstein. Hernstein is a psychologist that we study significantly in behavior analysis. He is uh, best known for creating the matching law, which basically is like the, the easiest way to say it is behavior goes where reinforcement flows. So like you do things that yeah. um, feel good, <laughs> but you're gonna, you're gonna allocate your time to the things that bring you the most pleasure, essentially. Um, so, so then I had to look into that more real quick. And, um, and I, so this is for me, based on what you were saying, the, the difference would be Going back to the the Charles Murray piece, just real quick with the bell curve. I have not, again, read that recently. It's not so much what, there's two issues. One is what the the data, like, again, that they collected. It's not so much like, oh, you collected this data and that's bad. It's the data that was, that you collected. It's how you, what your interpretation of that is. So one person could collect that data and make the conclusions that these guys made, which I'll talk about in a second, or they could collect that data and, and think, hmm, okay, there are dark, there's like the, the data indicate like these differences where like blacks have black, black people have the lowest IQ and like Asians have the highest IQ, like, and, um, and go, so what happened here? <laughs> our, 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 um, do we have internal validity with our, uh, testing here. Are we actually measuring what we think we're measuring or is something off? Like, do we need to right. like, look at our tests? And it's been pretty well established with IQ tests, especially that the way the um, questions are designed and, and everything about, I have a, there's a whole podcast episode from a podcast called uh, why we do what we do that my friends, Ryan 
um, O'Donnell and Scott Miller do. And they go, they actually talk about this in their podcast. They're like, what is IQ? And like all the race things that happened from these IQ studies that were done back in the seventies. And, um, but it, it's, it's basically inherently biased depending on your culture. So if we were to do certain IQ tests with certain people, you're always going to get that like their IQ is lower, but it's not really a measure of their intelligence. And like back in the like way, way, way long ago days, there were psychologists and scientists who would study, they, they did things to support their views. So like they wanted to prove that women were not as smart as men, or they wanted to prove that white people were better than black people. So they would come up with these like ridiculous studies, like taking the skulls of people who had passed away and measuring them. And because it like, you know, if the skulls were a certain uh, measurement, that meant they were smarter. And, but they, what they did is they looked at the white person as the standard, as the gold standard of like, this is what something should be. And if it deviated from that, it meant C, we're inherently better. And these, because they're different sizes, that, that shows why they're, they're not as smart as us. So there's like, for, right. for yeah. hundreds yeah. of years, these types of things have been happening. So my point, I'm sorry, this is taking so long to explain with Hernstein no, no, and no, Murray. No, perfect. Is, perfect, perfect, yeah. Well, yeah, so it's their interpretation of the data. That's problematic. So I, I'm looking at, I downloaded um, from 1973, Hernstein's IQ and the meritocracy. And, um, and it's really disconcerting because he's supposed to be a behaviorist and, but his ultimate, his ultimate conclusion from the data that they have been collecting, um, is that, uh, it says, um, this false belief in human equality, Dr. Bernstein writes, leads to rigid, inflexible expectations, often doomed to frustration, thence to anger. Ever more surely, we call on our educational institutions to make everyone the same when we should be trying to mold our institutions around the inescapable limitations and varieties of human ability. He was calling for schools to funnel, which, and we know this happened if you look at the research on the education system, that it's still happening to funnel people. Yeah based on their human ability, which according to their research was black people don't have as high of IQs, so they should be funneled right. this way. White people, you right. know what I mean? Like that's horrific. Right. And that was, yes. again, that was based on yes. the data they collected. Yeah, but see, but I think, I think that's a human problem, not a data problem, right? Like that's not a problem with data. That's a but problem with how humans we use don't create. But humans create the measures that collect the data. Right. So that's right. what I'm getting back to. Like the, their data was based on IQ measures. Who created the IQ measures? Right. Okay. But, but I'm going to play, because I have horns, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Let me establish that I 100% agree with you. Okay. I do not agree with you. What I'm, I don't, I, the path I'm going to go down right now is only because I want to make this a, a discussion. Okay. Because I already agree with you. But what I'm saying is this what if, right? What if because of that data, right? We were then able to, for example, instead of, instead of bastardizing that idea, we were able to, for example, funnel more money towards less, um, uh, uh, less privileged, right? Societies, right? Because if we, if we understand that the reason perhaps that that data that Charles Murray and his cohort acquired, right? 
maybe that is it is real data but maybe what that data should be doing is not telling us fuck you for doing the data or for having the data maybe we should be instead of segregating schools right if that was what the result was maybe maybe we should be focusing more on the underprivileged people right maybe that data can can be can be spun in a way that's better i get it i get it that it wasn't i get that we did it wrong but we could also do it right we could also take that same data and say oh shit well wait a second okay right or wrong these 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 certain group of people right have some issues that we should be dealing with and maybe we should as 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 good human beings take that data and deal with it better rather than worse right like we could we could do that right rather than just attacking the data as being wrong or right we could use the data and go oh, okay we could do this better let's let's be better about this we didn't do that in that example i get that but can't can't we yeah. can't, can't we not cancel the person or the data and just be more accountable about how we use it versus being more attacking of how it's presented does that does that make sense yeah, so that, I think this, you just picked like the most complicated example. Um, so there's yeah, a couple yeah. of things that come up for me. One is, it's again, yes, you could look at how to better use the data to like improve things. But first, you would need to look at what is going on with this data. Did we actually collect the proper data? So. Again, I know, like, sure, it's a controlled study, it got published or whatever, but was this IQ measure the best measure to use to see what's happening, or are there better measures that we should be using to look at what differences exist for people, right? Um, because even knowing just, like, what people's IQs are isn't really going to teach you a whole lot about, like, what um, environmental changes to make, what supports to give communities to improve lifelong outcomes for people. Right. So that would be the first thing is just like looking at like, are we actually measuring the right thing? And then the, the other piece of it is it's more about the language of um, things are bad and we need to improve. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. So we have to get away from the idea that even if like there's that difference of, you know, with the IQ measures that that like, so, okay. so there's a difference in the IQ measures. Again, why did that difference exist? Is it really because Asians are that much smarter than black people um, or white people are that much smart? Like, is that really the case? Or is there something about this measure that's creating this pattern? And are we really tapping into like what we're trying to measure here? If somehow that even held up, which it wouldn't, but if it did, that's still that interpretation of um, these populations are better than those populations. And so now we have right, to it's a, these poor yeah, it's a better here. And how can we save them? And what can we do to, to like that whole like mindset is also problematic because again, it sets this structure up where it's like, um, especially if you're, when you're looking at like some of the systems that exist currently, like we're, we're the, um, we're the superior people and we need to help pull you up and like help you, um, and instead of looking at what are the systems that are in place yes. that are creating yes. these, right. this information that we're coming across and how do 
we change those systems? Because I am not, as a white woman, inherently superior to anyone else, right? Like, and, and no one, right. like, like a white, like white cisgender male, like no, no one that's born ever is superior to anyone else. It's the systems around those people that lift them up or push them down. Yeah, and that's and that's and, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. But that particular study that we're talking about with Charles Murray did did not did not did not involve itself with systems. So if if what you're saying is is that there should be a better study about systems, then I agree with you. But what I don't know do is attack. I'm not an expert on them, but they exist. <laughs> yeah, like I, but I'm saying. But what I don't want to do is attack the research that was actually done. In other words. That research was simply not done about systems. I mean, it could have been, but it wasn't. Like that particular system, that particular research was not done. It was simply done about differences. So it's you know the moment that we say, well, it should be this or it should be that. Well, that's but that's not what research is. It's 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 kind of like spanking. We go to go back to, to bring it back to spanking. You know, there's a lot of research that talks about spanking is bad. But you but but I think we would both agree that spanking is not necessarily bad across the board, right? I mean, in other words, the claim is different. Like if, if a scientific claim is one thing, right? So we can we, we, we can say there is a difference. And, and by the way, I do want to bring it to this other topic. So I'll bring it, I'll, 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 kind, of, I'll kind of take a right turn here. And, um, and I do mean right turn <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Um, so for example, the, the idea the trans movement, right? Like the, uh, you know, the idea of, 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 you know, you know, is there a difference, right? Between, and now we're gonna get into the weeds here, but is there a difference between a, an XX chromosome versus an XY chromosome, regardless of what happens after the fact? Right. So like, so like when it comes to, because we, we, we talk, to, we can talk about like black, white, Asian, whatever. That's one thing, right? We, and then in the Charles Murray study, he was actually just talking about that. He wasn't making any conclusions. We did that. As people who read the research, we go, oh, well, what he means, what Charles Murray means is that, is that African-Americans are lower on the totem pole than Asian-Americans. I don't. I think you might be giving too much credit there. From what I find, I mean, okay. it's a quick. I did a quick Google search, but that's what like I read. Like Kernstein published with him, and from from the stuff that I found, it looks like they that was their interpretation. Like they were proving that. Now it could be only Kernstein said that, and Murray wasn't part of it. But since they wrote the book together, I would imagine <laughs> they're probably in a similar. Uh, of vein that they well, so, but either way, well, even what if I, they said it, what it I doesn't would, justify cancel culture. Well, that's my point. My point is that, like, like even if they said that, they're not saying that. That and then, so okay, so let's let's make that claim. Okay, let's let's speak for them. Let's make that claim. Let's make the claim that African Americans in their in their study happen to be quote unquote lower on the totem pole than. Asians or whites or whatever the case may be. Okay, let's say that, that was their claim, right? Okay, that that could be that statistically, when they did the study, that was a thing with regard to something as obscure as IQ. So so maybe to your point, 
maybe the way they researched it was, you know, faulty in that it only, it only, it only spoke to a certain aspect. And I think that I think that they also would agree with that, right? Does that mean that then, like in other words, shouldn't that just be a platform for us to go, okay, then let's talk about why. And maybe it's because there was slavery for 300 years. Maybe it's because there was a lack of education for a certain type of people for, for, for hundreds and hundreds of years versus the other. You know, we, we can dive into that. But to attack the research as in as if that research is claiming anything other than statistical analysis is the problem, in my opinion, right? Like, like Charles Murray and his and, 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 and the other guy were, were not saying that therefore, because this is true, therefore we should treat these other people a certain way. That's where we that, that's where the that's where the reader becomes the thing that is infamous, right, of the research. They're just saying, here's where we are today. So maybe we should do something about it. Period. Yeah. I I, so, I think yeah. that's so the difference would be I agree with the cancel culture piece of it, but I think again you're giving them too much credit. Everything I find is that they made those conclusions. Like our data is this, so therefore instead of um, investigating that further and like confronting it and trying to figure out like what was going on there, they just made the conclusion that therefore this is these differences between the races and we need to treat people accordingly. It wasn't humans, like yeah. people outside of it's their actual written works that say that. Yeah, but 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 shouldn't shouldn't we take that kind of data? Let, let's do it differently, right? Shouldn't we, as parents, to some extent, treat our children? And and by the way, I'm going to be hypocritical because I already said that the way that I treat my child is, is as much as I can, not as a child. Okay, so as I'm saying this, I'm already gonna be hypocritical a little bit, okay? But there is something about them being a child that is true, right? Like, like I have to also understand that they're a child, even though I don't wanna treat them that way. And I think that everything we talked about before was, was applies right like i think i should respect my child as a human being i should do all those things but i should also never truly a hundred percent lose sight of the fact that they're a child in the same way shouldn't we be treating with the, with, with with respect to the murray uh uh research shouldn't we be treating um society and, and the, the different aspects of our behavior in the same way, right? Like the reason why certain uh, tribes, if you will, let's call it that, forget about skin color, just tribes, right? Culture, shouldn't we be treating culture differently simply because they are that culture? That, that's not to say that our ultimate goal as my ultimate goal is to treat my child as a, as a human being that should be the ultimate goal, right? We should be treating everybody as a human being. But isn't there something to be said about the fact that my child is a child? Or the fact that you're a white woman or that I'm a white cisgendered male? 
or that there's an African-American or that there's an Asian-American or that there's any kind of culture, right? Because I think there's a catch-22, right? On one hand, we want to respect everybody. We want to respect the culture because they're a culture and you have to respect that culture. But whenever we go down to statistics, if I, if I identify you as that culture, somehow I'm racist or I'm bad. You can't have it both ways, right? Like either yeah, you recognize, yeah. I just, I don't think that, I think that there's a difference. So like even in research and whatnot, um, identifying, you know, who the participants were and like all of their identities would, it's preferable because then you have a better understanding of what's really going on with the research. I don't think anybody would have criticized that. I think again, it's not, it's not about the fact that like, you know, the, um, the data indicated what it did. It was more the interpretation of it. So, um, I'll just show, share this one more thing that I found is like Richard Bernstein's obituary, but it talks about the bell curve and it says that, um, in this book, Dr. Bernstein and his co-author, Charles Murray, a political analyst at the American Enterprise Institute, a conservative research group in Washington contend. So Charles Murray and Dr. Bernstein contend that IQ is fixed by genetics and cannot be changed meaningfully by the environment or learning. Oh, okay. Which is like the exact opposite of my whole entire career. And again, it feeds into like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's not so much again that they collected that the, the data they collected said what it said It's how, what they did with that once they had that finding instead of investigating further, like were there measures, faulty. And that happens a lot in behavior analysis too. Like people are right now, one of the big things going on in behavior analysis is there's the neurodiversity movement. So all of the research that's been done with autism showing that people, um, the children who get early intensive behavioral intervention can become um, indistinguishable from their peers and, uh, and, and not have autistic symptoms. Um, it's being heavily criticized by autistics because what they're coming out and saying there's now obviously they don't represent every single person diagnosed with autism but there's a a subset of people who are saying your research is based in a neurotypical lens it's based on what you value not what an autistic person would value um and you're like you're training little ones who are two and three years old how to behave in certain ways based on how you expect the world to be, not based on what they prefer. And so like, when you go back to that um, example you gave with your daughter earlier of like, she's teaching you and you're observing her and you're learning from her. We're doing a lot of behavior analysts are doing the opposite of that. They're going into these settings with these little ones. And instead of meeting them where they are and observing what's, what, what drives them and what is motivating for them and how they connect with the world. They're taking everything they love and everything that um, is meaningful to them and not only taking it away and shifting them away from it, but teaching them that's bad. You can't do those things. You can't flip that car over and spin the wheels. You can't put your hands in front of your face and flap your fingers. You can't spin around right. on your toes, like all of these things. So they're like from a, like a trauma and a shame type experience, they're learning that all the things they love are inappropriate and, and they're being taught and like trained to, to act in these different ways just to appease the neurotypicals in their life. Um, and yeah, so like right. to me, I just see a lot of similarities between 
like both things, um, like the research we're talking about here is like the, the, the white men who did this research <laughs> had an idea that like, that they were superior. And so um, they figured out ways to create the data and like show what they wanted to show. And then they wrote a bunch of books and like conservatives love them. And you know, that, that explains that yeah, the explanation right. for why these race differences exist in our society. It's not the systems of oppression that were created, like you said, with slavery. And have yeah, so fucking well said. And so I'm glad, look, this is this is one of those times where I'm glad I was devil's advocate because I agree 100% with what you said. What she just said, for those who are listening, um, 100% correct. This is why she's a doctor, and I'm the guy who's questioning her, all right? <laughs> she, she, is, uh, she has explained this in a very beautiful way, and I agree 100%. So, uh, so all you guys, please follow Do Better and uh, follow One Local. We got a lot more to talk about. So I have a different, I want to change a, a little bit here. I want to talk. Thanks for listening to this clip. We will share more clips in the future. I hope you enjoyed it.